All right, now let's give a round of applause for our very own pastors, Brian and Brian and Sherry Shimatero. Amen. Contending on the presence of God. That's good. We are really excited about that. And so we just really encourage you guys to get behind uh, that whole thing. And oops, that was not good. Um, getting behind behind it because, you know, uh, as we pour into the next generation, um, then, you know, God's word lives on through what we pour into them as well. And so, uh, so we love all the generations and we want to uh, just have a great time, right? Amen. In God's presence. Amen. Are you guys ready to be in God's presence today? I'm excited because for two reasons. Number one, this is really something that's been on my heart um, a lot lately. And, um, and uh, the other day when I was preparing things for the kids' ministry, their memory verse is Matthew 6, 33, which says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. And it was talking about how, um, you know, they were asking Jesus, like, you know, like, how are we going to take care of this? And what about this? And what about this? And God was saying, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. Seek me first. All of those other things will be taken care of. I am your provider, is what he was saying. And so I thought it was so amazing that the first week that they're picking this up, it happens to coincide right with the word that I feel like God is giving us for this house in this next year, this next season, which is getting into God's presence. Are you guys excited today? All right. You know, I, I remember uh, I grew up, uh, you know, I'm a, a little older than some of you, but not as old as others, okay? And, uh, you know, I, I was around, though, in the 80s and, you know, the early 90s, you know, where there was, a, there was, you know, a lot of the move of God that was taking place, you know, during that time. You know, you had some of these different outpourings of God's spirit uh, around that period of time. And I remember, and, and, and it's not just it was exclusive only to this period of time, but I just, I remember focusing during this period for a moment. And, you know, people would come in to uh, a church service all the time or different things and God was moving in such a powerful way and they'd be like man God's presence is just really strong here today and you know I can just feel him you know all over me etc you guys know what I'm talking about you know for those who remember that or, or you know or you, or you come into church even today and you're like God's presence is so strong and I remember sitting there praise and worship was awesome today but I don't remember feeling a thing you know, I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. What do you, you guys are always talking about God's presence and how strong it is and how much you can feel. Anybody out there, you know, who, who's kind of like me that way. And you're just like, you hear about it, but you're like, I don't really know what you're talking about. Okay. Right. Like, wants it's to true. To that. And, and, and I remember you're, being, you're alone in what, that. what's that? You're alone in that. I'm alone. I am not alone. I, there was a lot of people who were like, I don't want to admit that, but, but it's true. Right. I know that I'm not alone in this. And, and, but the reality is, is that I, I remember I was so frustrated about it. I don't know about you, but, but it was just like, why is everyone else experienced God's presence? And I'm not experiencing God's presence. If his presence is here, is his presence not here? And, and, and I just remember it was frustrating and, and I'm going through this whole, you know, season and, and it was part of kind of, you know, where we're, you know, we're experiencing certain things now and it's just like, wonder, you know, what's the difference between this and that and so forth, right? Wait, what's interesting about this though, is that when we got married um, in the sanctuary, there happened to be this massive banner that was up there. And it, when my pictures came back, all I saw was this massive banner. And for the longest time, it was kind of like, oh, it doesn't really, there it is. It doesn't really go with, you know, the aesthetic of a wedding or whatever, but it said contending for the presence of God. And now here we are 20 years later, and I realized that that banner that was over us while we were getting married was really a prophetic word over us, that there would be a time where not only would we we need to get together and that we would need to contend for the presence of God together, but that we would be here with you all ready to contend with each and every one of you guys to get into the presence of God. Amen. And so Amen. I believe this is a very prophetic thing for this house is that we are going to contend for the presence of God. And I want to bring you guys to Genesis 3, 8, and it says in there, this is talking about Adam and Eve, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. This is a, this when this is happening, sin had just entered into the camp. Okay, they had just sinned, and it says they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. When it talks about His presence, it actually talks about His face and walking with Him. And we can see that up until that time, 
They were, all, they were walking in his presence. They were with him in his presence. But then when sin came in, sin separated them from God's presence. And, and it made them want to run away from his presence, and they were hiding. And so sin is something that actually separates us from God's presence. Amen. Another commonly used phrase in God's word that really represents this word presence that we're speaking of is this, the glory of God. And a lot of times we even separate out, you know, just the, the glory part of things when we're speaking about God. But there's a phrase there all together which talks about the glory of God. You know, I, you know I, I always get a kick out of, you know, even just when I hear the word glory, because, you know, when I, back when I was, you know, in these dating days of, uh, with Pastor Sherry, I'd call our house and their answering machine at their house, if you glory did not get a hold God. of them, was glory to God, you've reached the price residence, you know, and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And, and I always just got the biggest kick out of it, right? You know, because my answering machine was nef nothing like, you know, glory to God. It was just simply... Yeah, you've reached Brian, you know, leave a message, you know? <laughs> and, uh, but anyways, that word glory comes from this, this Latin word gloria, meaning fame or renown. And, and really, uh, this is what it talks about. It talks about, it's used to describe the manifestation of God's presence as perceived by humans, okay? Or in other ways, the expression of the glory of the Lord, uh, it, it means revealed in his, his majesty, his power, his, his holiness, right? So it's a manifestation of these particular things. So I wanna read a verse here. I'm gonna read a couple here. In 2 Chronicles 5, 14, this is when Solomon is dedicating the temple, okay? And it says here, and it says, so that, and, and so 5, 14, it says, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. That word glory there actually is a word kabod, okay? And, and that word kabod, it, it talks about splendor and honor. And I was talking to Pastor Rick yesterday. We were working on, a, we're working on an end times thing that we're going to be doing uh, next month. And, uh, and he was talking about this word kabod. He says, it actually actually means a word weighty. Okay, so it's like a weighty presence that's actually, that, that's layered into this. Okay, and when you talk about it, uh, really what I want you guys to know about it is this particular word or this phrase. It says, when we're describing something manifested, it tells us that it's readily perceived by our senses. Okay, it's readily perceived. So it's, it's easily understood. It's not a mystery. You know, it's, it's what you would call common sense. You know, we use this phrase, common sense isn't common anymore. This here is saying when something is manifested, it's easily available, it's easily recognized, it's common sense. Okay, and so it continues on this way. So a further example of this manifestation that took place of the glory of God in the same story in Chronicles 7 now, 1 to 4, it says, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering of the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. And the priest could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the house. When all the children of Israel saw the fire come down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the, on the pavement and worshiped and praised, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. And then the king and all the people offer sacrifices here to the Lord. And really what I want to bring out in this particular story, right, is this God's weighty presence was so strong that it said they couldn't even kind of enter in. They said, you know, they all, they all bowed down and they worshiped because God's glory, his manifested presence was so strong in the house that day that there was nothing that was, was going on but the worship and the praise of God Almighty. And here's one of the things that I remember. I said, when we talked about it, it said the manifestation, that word manifestation I told you talked about being aware to the senses. And I go back to being frustrated here, you know, as a teenager, okay? And I just want to bring out one of the things. And one of the things that happened to me in a teenager, it went through, went, went through trauma. Anyone go through trauma in their lives? Okay, well, one of the ways that we respond to trauma is, is we shut down, okay? We shut down our senses because we don't want to experience any more pain. Anyone ever been there before? It's like, I've experienced pain. I don't want any more pain in my life. I'm going to shut down all my, you know, senses. Pastor Barb Pistonese used to always refer to me as the world's only living heart donor. You know, like she was just like, you are so cold. You have no, no, no emotions, no senses on this. But here's the thing. When you shut down all your senses and all your emotions, 
Not only do you shut out everyone else out of your presence, you can't feel anything, but you also do the same thing in the supernatural realm in your relationship with God. Okay, if I'm here, I can be in the presence of, of, of my wife here, okay? But if she's cold, anyone ever been next to their spouse when they're cold? <laughs> I can be sitting next to them, but let me tell you, there isn't any presence that's being felt in the room because there's a wall that's up there. And that wall, sometimes when you shut off all of those, um, all the senses, is going to prevent you from entering into the presence of the Lord. Absolutely. It breaks down yeah. intimacy. And so today we really want to talk about a story of Jacob. And before we even get into the story, I want to kind of give you guys a backstory to what's happened. So you guys know who Jacob is? Jacob, uh, you know, swindled his brother out of the birthright and, uh, you know, he and out of the blessing. And then he runs away. He starts a life of running away and he runs away to Haran, to his uncle Laban. And uh, while he's there, you know, he's really just in a state of discouragement and he's um, trying to uh, get his life together while he's on the run. And while, while this happens, he has an encounter with God. And so I want to take you to Genesis 28, 12 to 15. It says, Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I'm the Lord God of Abraham. The Lord says a bunch of stuff to him. Drop down to verse 15. It says, behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. He has a divine encounter with God in this moment. So you. You want me to talk now? I can keep going. I mean. I got work. In this divine encounter with God on the way out, he also has a divine encounter after he goes to the land of Haran, and, and he's there with Laban. You guys all know all the different stories that take place there. You know, he was supposed to marry the one daughter. He, he ends up getting, uh, you know, deceived and swindled himself, and he marries another, another the, the sister, and then he's got to work again, and then they got all this stuff going on with the sheep, right? You guys, you guys know the story of Jacob here and what took place. And then it says that, he, that God tells him to return home. Okay, so he's in this process and all of a sudden he starts to return home. And, and the first thing that ends up happening is he has another encounter with an angelic host. And it says in Genesis 32, 1 to 2, it says, And so Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. How many thought, how many think it would be pretty nice to have, you know, like, you know, these angelic visitations that are just taking place, you know, at this particular time, right? And then it says, And when Jacob saw him, he said, This is God's camp. And he called the name of the place. Mahanam. I'm going to see, see is that, is that Mahanam? Does that sound about right? And that word means two camps. And now there's two different ways that we can kind of interpret what was happening here. You know, there was a, this following verses actually talk about how Jacob actually divided his camp up into two different locations, right? You know, with a certain family here and another part of the family here. Uh, and, and we can talk about how the angelic host came and we can say, hey, either they were on this side and they were on this side of the camp. Or there's another way that it can be interpreted as well, which also just talks about the heavenly host in the supernatural realm and the natural family that was here present. And what Jacob looked at, it talked about there was a, it talks about these two camps, but it was a joining together of the two camps that really what he saw that became one. So you have this dualism of, of information that's taking place. So Jacob is united together with God in this journey. And the angelic host is united together with his family as part of this journey that he is in. And this is the reassurance that God, first of all, gave him on the way out. Okay, and now he's got this secondary reassurance that he's going back into this protection, okay, on his way back home. So this is interesting here because, you know, we, we wonder why is this all relevant to this? <clears throat> why is God reassuring him that he's going to take care of him and that he's going to be with him? <clears throat> all right, all of a sudden I'm losing my voice. Um, well, I'm going to read uh, Genesis 32, 7 to 12. It says, so Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And let's just think about this here for a second. Jacob ran away from his brother in the first place after he stole the birthright or he swindled him out of the birthright. He runs away, right? Knowing that like he's probably not happy with him. Now God tells him to go back home. How many of you guys know that if he was about to go back home and face somebody that he, did, that he wronged, it, it's probably a little bit nerve wracking. 
would you guys feel a little bit, you know, on edge, uneasy? And so God is reassuring him here that, you know, he's with him. But in verse 7, it says, So Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed rightly so. And he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and the herds and camels into two companies. And he said, if Esau comes to the one company and attacks it, then the other company which is left will be able to escape. Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, return to your country. So here he's, he's like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to separate that way. If this guy, if this team's attacked, then this, these people are okay. And you know, vice versa and whatever. But here, okay, God, like, remember, you're the one who told me to go back home. So he says, you know, oh Lord, the Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies of all the truth, which you have shown your servant for I crossed over this Jordan with my staff. And now I have become two companies. And he says in verse 11 deliver me I pray from the hand of my brother he's still crying out God like I, I'm I'm not entirely certain about this and he says deliver me I pray from the hand of my brother from the hand of Esau for I fear him lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children for you said I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sands of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. And so here, you know, he's, he's freaking out about this. He's like, you know, I, I'm God, just so you know, let it all be known. And have you, how many of you guys have prayed prayers like this? God, you're the one who said this to me. So if you said it to me, I'm trusting you that you are going to bring me through. God, you said, so, you know, let's just remember that you're the one who told me to do this you're the one and so here he is you know um he's he's in this situation where he's he's still feeling a little bit discouraged you guys ever felt like that before where you're you know you're walking into something you know that god has told you to do something but it's very uh nerve-wracking and you're not quite sure if you're ready for that moment you're freaking out yeah. You know, like, like Dave, like Dave or, you know, another person here who, who constantly dealt with, you know, discouragement uh, throughout the, his journey in life was David. Okay. And, and you saw all kinds of different things that were taking place in David's life, even right from the very beginning. You know, he's, he, he's out there, you know, there's this that's taking place and this is taking place. I mean, this guy was getting chased all over the country at points, right? And, and David went through, uh, you know, layer upon layer of discouragement. How many of you have ever faced discouragement in your life? You know, and, and discouragement most of the time when it comes in, it's not just sitting there for 30 seconds. It's not just like, hey, something happens and you're like, oh, all right, now, you know, you know, it's like, now, now you got 30 seconds, get over it, right? You know, we say that, but it doesn't always just happen that way, right? You know, like what happens, you know, when you're, you're the parent and, and you're discouraged and your child's discouraged? How do you encourage somebody when you're discouraged and they're discouraged? You know, or, you know, even, you know, take it even like a, a, a pastor, right? It's the same type of thing. You know, you, pastors, do they ever get discouraged? Sure they do. Okay. And, and, and how do you pastors who are discouraged, you know, encourage sheep who are discouraged, right? Like it's, see, David started off in his journey. You know what he was? He was a shepherd. Pastors are shepherds that way. And part of this journey, it says they, they, they call them a shepherd boy. And, 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 and even though he was a shepherd boy, he carried this all the way through, even into later days where he became, first of all, he was anointed to be king. And then eventually he became king. And as a king, you know what you're doing? You're shepherding people. Okay. And through his journey of shepherding people, even from a, a very young age, right, he had to face all these different degrees of discouragement, right? He had to know, how am I going to process through all of these different things? And that's something that I think that, you know, we want to look at a little bit more in detail with Pastor Sherry today is that level of discouragement. He's going through, he's got through layer upon layer of layer, right? He's just, you know, here's the thing about discouragement. I want to add one more thing to this. Sorry. I knew you would. <laughs> when you're discouraged, you're often in a state where you just feel like you're just surviving, Okay? And you know what you're sitting here praying all the time when you're just surviving? Just, God, I just need a breakthrough. I just need that one good break. I just need, I just need the one. And, 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 and you're believing and you're praying and you're expecting. You know what ends up happening half the time? All of a sudden, another doozy shows up on your door, right? And this is kind of the story that, you know, Pastor Sherry wants to get into as well. She's like, here's David, right? It's like this, 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 and this. He's 
on the run. He's running. And then all of a sudden, you know what? There's not enough going on in your life. Here's another doozy. Let's throw your way. Yeah. Right? And, th and that's exactly <laughs> what I want to get into is 1 Samuel 30. And in 1 Samuel 30, um, it talks about David and his men are going back home to Ziklag. And I want to read this and then I'll give you some context. It says, 1 Samuel 30, 1 to 2, it says, now it, now it happens. You guys ever feel like that before where you're like, now it happens. And you're like, like, what else can go wrong? What else can happen? You guys ever feel like that before? So anyways, this is how I'm kind of reading this um, the other day. I was like, okay, now it happened. It says, when David and his men came to Ziklag, which is where they lived, on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and went on their way. So can you imagine coming home to a scene like this? Like home is supposed to be a place of safety, right? Home is supposed to be that place, that solace, that solitude, that place where there is peace and rest. And when all is wrong in the world, when you get home, you have that peace, right? And imagine you're the leader and you're bringing your, your team of men back home and then you get there and you realize that not only has your home been invaded, it has been set on fire and all of your wives and children have all been taken. Like that would be pretty crazy, right? But this was actually the thing that tipped things over the edge. See, if we go back to chapter 29, what actually happened was that David... Um, is preparing his men to go into battle alongside of the Philistines. And as he's preparing his men to go alongside in battle, like David was a warrior. He was, he was like, it, it was in his veins. Like there was something, you couldn't keep him away from the battle because he wanted victory. And he knew that the Lord was with him and he took the Lord with him. And so he always got victory where he went. And so when he's preparing his men for battle, they're all ready. They're all geared up. He's probably already given his pep speech and he's like, let's go, we're going, we're getting this. And then what happened was the Lord of the, Phil the Lords of the Philistines decided, you know what? Like this guy's intimidating. He doesn't fail. Like he's killed 10,000s. And they're like, we don't want him with us. What if he turns on us? So then they send a man to go tell David that they don't want him in battle. And so they come and they tell, he comes and he tells David and he says, you know, basically, you know, yes, we know you're a great warrior. You're amazing. You've killed tens of thousands. You've slain bears and lions and all of the above. We don't want you. Go home. And so isn't it interesting how the enemy takes old tactics and he recycles them to try to hit you where it hurts. See, remember, if you think all the way back to a time when David was anointed king, before he was anointed king, he was rejected and not even remembered as a son in his own household. Imagine that rejection. And then fast forward to when he goes to, out of his own goodwill, bring his brother's food on the battlefield. And when he gets there, they say, go home. We don't want you here. Rejection again. And so here he is, a leader, trying to, you know, get his men to go into battle. And like, we are warriors. We are fighters. And then he's told once again, go home. We don't want you. And so he's like, okay, he's feeling discouraged and he goes home and he's trying to, you know, keep the morale up and he gets home. And then this is what he encounters is his, his home ransacked, his home, his, the, the women, the children taken. And then imagine how discouraging that would have been. But guess what? That wasn't the worst of what happened. It says all of a sudden, all of the people began to turn on him and they started talking about stoning him because they're like, what are you doing? You're a leader. And here we are experiencing, you know, we, we go off to battle. We can't even fight. Now we come home and everything's all ruined and they want to stone him. And so naturally as a person, as a human being, what would you want to do when somebody comes and attacks you and wants to stone you? Roll over and die. <laughs> you might want to respond and retaliate or yell back at them like this isn't my fault or you know have some sort of reaction like how many of you would would have reacted to that kind of a thing i mean just be honest would you or or would you just be like you know oh i can't handle this i'm i'm walking away you guys are all on your own goodbye right sometimes that's the way that we do things but that's not what david did i want to finish reading in verse 6 first samuel 30 verse verse 6 it says David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters. And then the rest of verse six says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I love this. 
Like, could you imagine, like, what David did? He didn't sit there and he's like, he is discouraged. Like, he is actually feeling this discouragement one thing after another thing after another thing. And if that can't happen, he doesn't even have his home to go back to, to even get any comfort. His wives are gone. His children are gone. And so David removes himself and goes before the Lord into God's presence because he knows what he needs is not here right now. What he needs is what he can get from being in God's presence. That word strengthen actually refers to a process of where he actually joins his strength together with God. So it wasn't even just that he was dependent on his own strength. It was that he joined himself together in the presence of God. It's, it's, yeah, it talks about binding together. A binding process. And it makes me think about is it Isaiah 40? But they that wait upon yep. the Lord shall 40, renew their 31. strength. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Is that that, yep. that, that one, right? They, um, and that word wait, they that wait upon the Lord actually talks about binding yourself, wrapping yourself together with the Lord. And that's what I think of when David went here and he's encountering all of this. He removes himself from the situation. He says, God, I need everything that you are in everything that is happening in this moment. Mm-hmm. So I want, we want to jump back. I want to jump back to this story that we're talking about with Jacob, okay? And back in Genesis 32, I'm going to read from 22 to 32 for a moment here. And it says, And he arose, and this is speaking of Jacob, that night and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and he crossed over the ford of Jabok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and with man and have prevailed. And Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name, I pray. And he said, Why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. And so Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. I want to take you through, uh, Pastor Jeremy, we want to take you through for just a moment about some steps, some progressive steps here about a defining moment. And these are some steps that led to a defining moment in Jacob's lives. And the first thing that I want to kind of talk about here is Jacob was left alone in the nighttime. Anyone ever wonder why a lot of times things go on at the nighttime? It's like you got the busyness of everything going on during the day. Okay, you know, your hair is all put together. You know, for most people, I know Loretta doesn't always do her hair, but, but for the most part, you know, everything's all together. You got all these people that are surrounding you. You got distractions, you got work, everything's happening during the day. And then all of a sudden you kind of get to the evening time and you know what happens at the evening time? People go to bed, people leave, they go home and all of a sudden you're left by yourself alone at night. And, you know, for some people, all of a sudden, you know, your brain kicks into high gear and you start processing, you know, this is where a lot of insomnia and different things and worry and anxieties and fears, they all start popping up all the time at nighttime, right? Because now you're here by yourself, you know, now the real you is in the conversation with yourself about who you are and what you are and all these different things that are taking place because now you have nothing to distract you from the barriers of the guilt. Nothing to distract you from the barriers of the shame. All these different expectations and things just keep pouring onto you. And you're alone. Okay, and this is where Jacob found himself in the middle of the night. His family's all gone. There's no one left but him. And then it says that a man came, right? And then and there was a wrestling match that took place. Here's the thing I want you to know about this is that There was a choice that Jacob had when a challenge presented himself when the man showed up. Now, we may think it was just, you know, just a really simple thing that all of a sudden the man showed up and Jacob just jumped into this wrestling match with the man. But don't forget, what do we know about Jacob so far? He's a scoundrel. He's been running from, you know, he's been running from Esau. He's running from this. He's running, you know, if you ever known somebody who's a runner... Tough times come, a challenge comes, what do they normally do? 
they run. I mean, they already got the exit plan before they even start off and on the journey. It's like, this is how I'm going to do this, and this is how I'm going to make this, and this is how I'm going to sneak out of this, and this is how I'm going to get over here, and then I'm running. You know, like, like they run, and this is what Jacob's life was like. But he had to make a choice here. Okay, and here's the choices. These choices are laid before us. Am I gonna? Am I gonna sit here? I'm gonna be in self pity. Am I? Am I going to? You know, remember and dwell upon who I am, the scoundrel, you know, that I was, and what I, how I treated Jay, uh, Esau in this process. Am I going to? You know, when when it gets tough, am I just gonna pack it up and I'm gonna go? This is the things that ended up happening. But he made a choice, and he starts grappling, right, with God. Right, and while he's doing that, he is contending for the presence of God. And contending really means to strive earnestly or to like you're putting all of your might into something, and it's just something that you just you will not let go of. And that's exactly what happened with Jacob. He was he was not going to quit. He was not going to let go. He was not going to get through and 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 you know let go of this. He was going to wrestle till he won. And there was, there was a pushing through, and there was a, it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter how broken I am. It doesn't matter how horrible I feel. It doesn't matter the pain that I'm in, because it even says that God touched the socket of, it, of his hip and knocked it out of place, right? And, and so, like, he's, you're wrestling with God. Like, you're, you're probably in pain for the whole night. And he says he had such a tenacity, such a fervor that he would not let go. And so... You know, this kind of this kind of reminds me even like Pastor, Pastor Michael Quinn is sitting over here, and he was just telling me the other night about um, you know he he's in this jujitsu. I think I'm not even probably saying it properly, right? <laughs> and and he has these nights, and I think if I remember right, they call them hell nights, right? And uh, and basically what they do is, is they they have a whole bunch of you know the people they show up, and then basically they kind of line up on a wall, and they got all these different matches that are happening. And you basically just jump into match after match, after match, after match, and, and basically, you know, get your butt kicked over and over and over again, you know, and, you know, and it's like over a period of an hour, you know, you got all these marks and bruises. I see, you know, you should see these pictures. It's got all, it's like, I won't be wearing a shirt this week, you know, short sleeve, you know, it's got all these marks and bruises. And it's like, by the time it goes, you get almost towards the end of the hour, one hour, right? He's like, everyone's completely gassed and they're just kind of like, you know, like, please, can you just pin me right now so I can get off of the mat, you know, because everyone's so exhausted. But that wasn't the case with what happened in Jacob, right? He was in it for the long haul. I mean, he was it, not letting go. All the way through the night, they grappled. Yeah, all the long, way through. That's a long, that's a long time. time. And, uh, and actually, there's a scripture in Jude, actually, that talks <laughs> about uh, a similar, similar exhortation about contending for God's presence. It says, Jude uh, 3 to 5 says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. He is encouraging the saints. That is you guys today each and every one of you. I'm going to encourage you guys, contend for the presence of God. Contend for God to be a part of your life. Contend. Don't be content just saying, you know what, whatever. I don't hear his voice. I don't, I don't feel his presence, so I'll just go on with my life and just make do with whatever I have. Don't be content with that. Contend for that. Keep on pressing in that because in the pressing in, you are going to get into his presence. He will not fail you. He will not leave you. And there are going to be things that are going to happen all around in this world. We live in a world. So there are always going to be things that happen that are, that are going to attack you and are going to make you feel discouraged and that are going to press you down. But as you have that tenacity on the inside of you, as you have everything inside of you that, you know what, I will not fail. I will not let go. I will not relent. I will not push back. I will keep pushing forward because I know that God is on my side. I know that God is with me. I know that he is Jehovah Sabah and the Lord of hosts, and I am taking him into battle with me. I am not doing this alone because he is with me. Amen. I, you know, we went over this, but I just, I feel like I can't let this go for just a moment, right? Jacob in his full strength was wrestling with God through the duration of an entire evening, okay? And then it says that because he didn't prevail, meaning God didn't prevail against Jacob, he touches the socket of his hip, and now the guy's walking around with a limp, okay? He's basically in a crippled state hanging on to God for dear life, okay? It's not just like he's wrestling with God, but he's just hanging on to God. And God says, 
let me go. Let me go. Get off of me. And what has Jacob said? I'm not letting you go. Have you ever been in a situation in your life where many of us would have walked away, but he's sitting there saying, I will not let you go. I am hanging on with the strongest of my grip. If it's my whole body wrapped around your leg, God, whatever it may be, I am not letting go and you are going to bless me. That's the state that Jacob was in, and that was the state of desperation. And here's the point about it. It was a defining moment in his life. Because you know what ends up happening in verse 27? God says, your name shall no longer be Jacob. It's no longer going to be deceiver. It's no longer going to be scoundrel. But I'm going to change your name to say it's Israel, one who prevails with God, one who is a prince of God. And when he changed that moment, there was an identity change and an identity impartation that took place. And that defining moment of Jacob, right, where everything changed, right? And here's the interesting part about it. Jacob didn't go into that battle with some great confidence because he deserved to be blessed. He was what everything that everyone said about who he was, being a deceiver and a scoundrel. He actually did to Esau and wronged the man, but yet he still came in and he fought tooth and nail. He contended over and over for hours and hours all through the night for God to bless him. And he didn't matter what the circumstances was. It didn't matter what he had done wrong. It didn't matter the shame and the guilt that came along with it. He was not going to leave until he was blessed. That's right. And the defining moment, mm -hmm. the defining moment actually comes with that, that wrestling, that back and forth, bless me, you know, and, and he's going back and forth with God. God wants to know us intimately. See, God knows you. He knows everything about you. He created you. He put those desires, all of the things, the plans, the purposes already in your heart. He already knows all of that. But he loves you so much that he wants you to come to him and find out who he is. And he wants to hear from you who you are. And it's that back and forth of God. I want to know you intimately. And I want you to know me intimately. And, and just that moment of having that, that back and forth with God. That it's, it's a communication. It's not a one-way street. It's not a just God bless me and I'm walking away and I don't hear anything. It's not a God you do for me and I will walk on and it doesn't matter that I can't feel your presence. It's a matter of God, you know what? I want you, I need you, I am not letting go and I am holding on until that defining moment happens. And I feel like today there are people who have been waiting for that defining moment in your life. You've been waiting, you, you feel like there, there is something that has to change. There's something that needs to happen, that defining moment. You know, David had that defining moment. What were you saying to me about um, the situation with David? And how that was his defining moment? The, the story that actually took place with Ziglag, right, is, is that as the process was taking place with Ziglag, where he was, um, you know, his, his family was taken and the, and the burning fire and all of that stuff when he went forth and then he refought, was the exact same timeline that Saul was getting overthrown and David was getting established as king. And so as David is going through this heightened problem, this heightened defining moment in his life where he decides that everything is going wrong, but I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. I'm going to strengthen myself. I'm going to bind myself to God Almighty in the midst of this. And as God brought him through that binding process, he brought him through the other side and he ended up getting the promise and the defining moment of King. Uh, the kingdom. And maybe your defining moment is sitting there waiting in God's presence. And there's that open invitation for you to come into his presence and that open invitation for you to say, I, I have this. God says, I have this defining moment for you because I've already given you the plans and the purposes inside of you. That DNA is already on the inside of you, but your defining moment, I want that to be established, but you can find it in my presence. He says, so in, in Psalms 51, 11, it says here, this is David talking. He says, do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Right? See, in the garden, sin came in and it separated us from God. Sin still separates us 
from God today. And, but David prayed, God, don't banish me from your presence. I need to be in your presence. See, as we spend time in God's presence, we're conformed into his image. In, in Hebrews 8, 29, it says, for he who, he who he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. That word conformed means, it, it's talking about jointly formed or the same form of another, right? It's, it's talking about the same thing. We, we are joined together into the image of God in this process. And this is what happens when we spend time in God's presence. I want to, this is the part I want you guys to realize when, you know, I woke up yesterday, been working on this message all week. It's something that I say all the time and I didn't even write it down until yesterday. And this is what I remembered. And this is part of the main point of the message. Being in God's presence changes you. Okay, you're not just changed by some great preaching or, you know, other little interactions or this or that. You're changed being in the presence of God Almighty. And when you're in God's presence, it changes you. Jacob, it changed Jacob when he was in God's presence, right? He went from being a deceiver and a scoundrel to being a prince of God and one who prevails with God and prevails with man. And this is what happens when we are in the presence of God. I want to read this particular verse in Psalm 1611. You guys may know this verse. Psalm 1611, it says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures evermore. See, a pathway is what you call, you know, it's like a, it's like a trodden road. It's, it's, it's a way that we know uh, it's, it's something there. It's a route, a course, or a track along something moves, right? And really this is part of, you know, our, our Christian journey in life is, is that it connects all of these things together into God's, into God's presence, Okay. And all the passages I told you that we spoke about today, right, there was an emphasizing of a joining together process, right, with God. David strengthened himself. There was a joining together. Jacob, when he came out and he saw the two camps, it was a joining together with the heavenly host, with his natural family, right? These are all joining together processes. When we spend time in God's presence, we are joined together as we conform into the nature and the character of God Almighty. And this here is the pathway. So when we look at the pathway, it says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, right? Uh, one, one gives you the direction here at your feet, but the other shows you where to go. You know, Pastor Rick would even tell you, you know, gratitude is a pathway for us to be able to go. But into the presence of God is where we need to be led and we need to be led by God into his presence. That's right. I want you guys all to stand with me right now. I'm going to read uh, in Exodus. This is about Moses. And, um, you know, Moses was a, a great man and he led the children of Israel. And he understood two specific things. The first thing he understood was that he needed God to show him the way. The second thing he understood was that if God's presence wasn't with him, his whole journey was futile. I'm going to read this it says he says in exodus 33 uh, verse 13 he says now therefore i pray if i have found grace in your sight show me now your way that i may know you and that i may find grace in your sight and then if you go to verse 15 it says then he said to him if your presence does not go with us do not bring us up from here and i feel that that needs to be the cry of our heart is that god i don't want to do life alone God, I don't want to feel alone. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be by myself. I don't want to be an individual, an isolated silo. God, I need you. I want you. I have to have you. I can't live without you. I must go every step of the way with you going before me. And that has to be something that is a cry of our heart, especially as we go into this next year, as we go into the next season of our life. We have to have that resolve on the inside of us that, God, I can't be content without your presence. God, I can't be content without you leading me every step of the way. I cannot do it on my own. I cannot do it on my own. I need you. I want you. I want to spend every moment with you. I want to take the step with you. 
And so right now we're just gonna begin to uh, pray and we're gonna begin to contend for the presence of God. We're gonna spend the next, you know, 10, 15 minutes just really crying out to God and saying, God, I need you. So if you feel like you need to walk around in order to contend, if you feel like you need to get on your knees and just open up before God, if you feel like you need to sing at the top of your lungs, if you feel like you need to pray in tongues and you just need that breakthrough, I want you from the depths of your heart to contend for the presence of God. I don't want you to leave here today without experiencing God's presence personally in your own life. I don't want you to go out, out of these doors into the world and be bombarded by every discouragement and everything that is happening out in the world without taking God with you. If God be for you, who can be against you? And if God is for you, then you cannot fail. God, we take you into our life today, God. God, we need you every step of the way. God, we want you. Let's just begin to pray. Pray in tongues with me as the band just begins to sing. If you guys want to uh, get into um, Fresh Wind, I don't know, you guys can sing fresh wind and we'll just begin to um, you guys can begin to pray begin to sing just begin to cry out to God God we need this move of God God we need you to be alive in our life God you are powerful God you are alive you are Jehovah Sabah the Lord that of hosts God that you go before us that you are Jehovah Gabor the Lord mighty in battle God we are not content in our own lives we are not content just struggling to get by we are not content father just saying I need to survive I want to do more than survive in life. I want to do more than just wait for life to happen to me. God, I want to take this life by force. God, I want to go in your way. God, I want to follow your pathway. God, I need you. God, I want you. God, I have to have you. I cannot do this without you. Just begin to tell him how much you need him. Just cry out from the depths of your heart. God, we need you. We need you. that we're just willing to say, okay, God, I've spent my time, I'm done, and now, you know, you need to do your thing. We need God to move. I feel the word right is, is that we've been talking about joining together in the, in the, in the supernatural round, even with God. But if you need to join together with your pastors, and we can have some of the pastors and them come up and pray. If you need to join together for that extra breakthrough that you need, as you are warring together and contending for your soul this day, as you're contending for the presence of God, for that breakthrough that you need in your life, I pray that you would just come forward and the rest of you just continue to enter into God's presence. As you worship God, you're going to continue to feel. So band, you guys can just keep singing. And if you need prayer, just come on up to the front as well. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be than here in your love, here in your love. 
everything that you have and you will see all of these things falling into place going back to Matthew 6:33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you in Jesus name just want to we close up the service right now I just want to pray for everybody if you guys could just join your your faith together with me even as we Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are with us this day. I thank you, Lord, that you hear the cries of our hearts. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that there's an increase of our hope this day. There's an increase in our expectation. 
there's an increased, Father God, in our faith. And I thank you, Lord, that there's a tenacity and a, term, and a determination, Father, as we struggle, as we contend, Father, for your presence in our lives. Father, that we would not just leave, Father, this day thinking this was a great moment, but Father, that this is a lifestyle that we have as we contend, and Father, as we spend time in your presence. And I thank you, Lord, that you are filling us up, that you are changing us. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that even as Moses, and Father, walked back into the camp and the children of Israel could see, Father, that he has spent time in the presence of God. I thank you, Lord, that those around us will be able to see that we spent time in the presence of God and that it changes who we are. I thank you, Lord, that your light is shining bright. And Father, as we go forth this week, that Father, that we would go with something new, Father, in our hearts, something that connects us, Father, deeper to you. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would go forth in the mighty name of Jesus, contending, Father God, for your presence, contending for your glory. And I thank you, Lord, that we walk away changed in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I want, do you have something you want to say? Go for it. I just, before you even dismiss, or maybe even after, I don't know, but we're going to, we're going to sing a song, and I feel like this is just something that can help you with the cry of your heart. It's called, I love you, Lord. We're just, Pastor, have something too? Okay, I'm going to let you go. I'm sensing strongly, and this isn't, it's just not a fleeting thought, a fleeting moment. I'm sensing strongly that there's individuals that are here today, that you heard the message and it's hitting, okay? It's hitting but you're on the wrong pathway. And there's a tweak that needs to be made. You're on the pathway of strife. You're on the pathway of contention. And when you get around, it just stirs things up. And God's saying, when you make that adjustment today to get on the pathway of life, gratitude's gonna permeate out of your heart, but you're gonna experience the joy. And it's been a long season that you've been in that you've not experienced the joy of the Lord. And God says, make that decision. And as you make that decision, you're getting out of that strife. You're getting out of that. The Bible says in Judges 6 that uh, the children of Israel turned over in Midian. And Midian literally means strife. The Midianite spirit keeps you in strife and contention. But Jehovah Shalom is the one that will keep you in the peace of God. So make that adjustment today. And as you, how, how many need to hear this? Every head bow. Just raise your hand right now. Okay, you need to hear that right now. Make that adjustment, my friends. And as you do, so you're going to experience the manifest presence of God. It's good. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Amen. So uh, we just want to wish you guys a wonderful week. We are going to finish with this song, I Love You, Lord. I'm going to encourage you. If you want to stay and sing it, it's not going to be long. You can stay and sing it. But you guys are officially dismissed. Have a wonderful week. We love you all. If you guys need anything, uh, just come and find us. And if you need prayer, come on up to the front as well. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the After Nine show. I, I'm really excited to be here today. This is like the second. No, this is the first time this year that I've done it. Uh, so what we're doing today is what we do is after um, service, we come here in the After Nine show and we talk about what we got out of it or things that stood out to us in the message today. So I have um, a friend of mine. She can come on in now. So she's got the red mic. Marsha Mulder joining us today. And we're going to talk about what we got out of the lesson today, Contending for the Presence of God by Pastors Brian and Sherry Shimatera. Hi, how did, it, how, did, how did service go for you today? Actually really good. I mean, it was something that I really needed, you know? Yeah. And I think everybody at times strive for the presence of God. Sometimes yeah. you can feel it so easily. And then there's other times where you go through what you call a wilderness experience yeah. and you wonder, God, where are you? Yeah. You know, so I thought it was a very timely message for me. Anyway. Yes, I, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. It's exactly what I needed to hear. Um, I was even talking about this morning on the pre-show with Pastor Rick's message from last uh, Sunday mm -hmm. was how there was uh, conviction, but it was like correction and love. And it was just um, encouraging me to refocus my heart because I feel like so much what happens is like, 
It's like I, you know that verse that's, I think it's in Galatians, that do, don't get weary in doing good, for yeah. in due season you will reap. I think it's 6-9 or something like that. But it's that weariness, I, I, I pick it up. It's like, don't get weary in doing good. It's like, yeah. I get weary, you know. I'm not seeing people coming. <laughs> I'm not, you know, my, 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 my teams aren't growing like I wanted or, um, you know, like my harvest isn't coming in like I was hoping. And so it's like, it's not like selfish things. It's things yeah. that I'd love to see happen because I want to see the, the kingdom of God expand. I want to see souls come to Christ. I want to see, you know, um, all these things happen for, for our church and for our ministries, but it's not. And so it's like, I'm, I'm always just like, God. So I was talking to Pastor Brian and he's like, well, what do you think we need to do in the, in the next steps? I'm like, I think God just needs to bring people. I think that yeah. he just needs to, you know, do his part. And like, it's like <laughs> sometimes I get so upset because I get weary. And yeah. the message today was talking about, uh, well, I'm going to let you share some things. And then, yeah, because I think you're going to say something and then I'm going to well, snowball. Well, the thought came to mind when you were talking was a scripture that says the race is not given to the swift, yeah. nor the battle to the strong, but to those that endure yeah. to the end. So it doesn't matter what we're going through or what we see or what we don't see. Right. It's those who hang in there. That's right. You know, so hang in there <laughs> you know and I, I i shared some things with pastor rick about yeah. things that i've just been praying about and you know believing for and then this morning he came up to me and he goes I, I, you're not the only one he's like i think this is like right now as a lot of people needed to hear a message like this that Absolutely. just continue to push continue to strive um and i really think that like pastor sherry had a word um this last week we were talking about it and she said that she really thinks the word right now hopefully it's okay if i share this Absolutely. is just well, I hope so. hey it's like hey hold on one second one second just one second you know and I think for us is for me anyway so many times I get so caught up in the element of time but it's like okay yeah it's been six months but it's okay just one second just one more second you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like God's going to do it it's going to come you know and I think too we have to have a heart uh, I guess you could say sort of like Jacob yeah. when he got to the point where he was so determined to get God to bless him yeah. that he hung on to the point where, you know, the angel or God, whatever, <laughs> wanted him to let him go. Yeah. And he said, I won't let you go yeah. until bless you bless me. me. So I think we have to get to that point, too, where we're so determined yeah. we're not going to give up no matter what. Absolutely. You know, hold, hang in there till God blesses you. I think that's such a great picture, too. Like, I can just imagine, like, my my nephew, like, well, likes to roughhouse and stuff. But, like, mm -hmm. if he's on my leg, I'm always like, get Callum. Like, <laughs> come on. And I'm always just like, buddy. You know, eventually, you'll play with me, yeah, right? Yeah, And um, But imagine, like, having that relationship with God where it's like, please, like, like come like be with me like reside with me you know i i don't want to be far from your presence i don't want to be far mm -hmm. from your spirit um and just living that life where it's like constantly just yearning and hungry for god like i don't ever want to get to the place where i'm uh like ho-hum about the presence of god you yeah, know me either i, I want to be excited about god and yeah you know, i was doing a study the other day because i've kind of been in the situation where i've been you know hungering more for God and yeah. striving because you know the enemy does things to your mind sometimes and yeah. he wants to torment you so I've been in a place where I really been seeking God and trying more to feel his presence and to be closer yeah. and sometimes we feel like he's not there yeah. but she had a word that she said you might not always feel it you might not see it yeah. but he said his um his presence is not uh, a feeling yeah you know, okay. it's oh, that's a fact. Good. Oh, that's good. So I thought that was really good. It's like not that. a feeling, it's a fact. So you have to know that you know yeah. that he's there no matter what. I really like that. It really stands out to me. Because yeah. I think sometimes too is we can get so caught up in God, I'm feeling tired. That's I'm right. feeling exhausted. I'm feeling sad, you know. But it's you're right. It's not it's not a feeling that his presence is there. It's a fact yeah, that he's there. I, I was having a moment this week and I just had worship music on and I was home alone, which never happens. And I was <laughs> like doing laundry or whatever. And I just started like feeling like weepy. And I like nothing was Been I wasn't thinking about Been anything. <laughs> I wasn't thinking about anything. I just I just hit me. Maybe it's hormones, I don't know. But I was just like <laughs> Oh, and I just felt so like it was it was like a, a worship song that was like upbeat or whatever mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but I just felt like it was just like a moment where God was like hey mm -hmm. I'm still here for you you know like I'm still with you and so I just I, I, I think like even the whole concept of Jacob and how they said he was all of the things that you know like he like he was a scoundrel he yeah, was a liar you know he was a thief like he was all of those things deceiver but he still got his blessing that's right? right that's right so whatever whatever 
thing you're titling yourself at today, know that, like, like Marcia said, that the presence of God is still with you, not as a feeling or as this like, you know, like it doesn't always have to be this like glittery, sparkly moment. It's, it's he's with you and it's knowing that and having the faith to believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And see, another thing too, God sees your heart. Yes. He knows who you are. Yeah. And he knows the desires of your heart so he yeah. can tell where the sincerity is. So yeah. he sees you. Yes. God hasn't forgotten you. No. So. No, Hang he has there, and I always tell your your mom says, "Keep hope alive." <laughs> Keep hope alive. <laughs> Keep hope alive. And, and I think I think too, like it's not just like we're just talking, and you know, yeah, like I think we've both been there. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm I'm still here. I'm still going through it. But I really I really think this is I'm I'm really trusting Pastor Sherry's um, the the word that she has in her heart right now. Just hold on. Yeah. Like just wait. You know, like because it's always like the the whole thing that they say, like but God, right? So I, you know, we still serve the same God today as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, That's right. and we still believe that that God is going to move things, shake things, and, and expand things and grow things in our lives. And I, I don't think 2023 is just going to be a year of low expectations. I think that's going to be high expectations, high reward, mm-hmm. huge harvest. Amen. Amen. Look for presence of God every time. In His presence, there's fullness, fullness of, joy. of joy. Absolutely. So in His presence, there's joy. Yes. There's peace. Yes. There's everything we need That's in His right. presence. That's why we should be like Jacob and strive for His presence. Just hold on. Hungry. Yeah. Help is on the way. Yeah. And even like how he was, you know, how he was like. Uh, I'm speaking to myself too. No, I yeah, I agree that. <laughs> but everything that Jacob did, like he knew what he was looking for. I think that's kind of that's kind of interesting. Like even with the whole thing with the birthright, like he knew what he wanted, right? Mm-hmm. And so when he came to that angel in that wrestling match, like he knew he knew what he was after. So I think pursue what you know God promises us. That's right. And, and cling to those promises, which are yes and amen, right? That's so right. read your word, study, get connected to people, get connected to a lighthouse. You know, if you're just, I, I know I watch the analytics on YouTube and I know for a fact, there's so many people that don't have a YouTube account that are secretly <laughs> watching and I know you need to get connected. So if you're watching here today and you've just been a two-year secret watcher, get connected. Get connected. We want you to be a part of this. We want to, you know, welcome you into this house. So mm-hmm. don't be scared. Anyway, uh, I'm excited. Tomorrow we have the lighthouse. Amen. And we have young adults tomorrow. So if you want to get connected to that, just Lots let us of know. Exciting things to look forward everything to. Is, everything Especially is rolling for the up. youth. Yes. But I, I caught that age group there, so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm trying to build my youth group or my young adults group. Uh, anyway, guys, we're excited no, for the future. The next generation. Yes. Amen. I'm trying. Anyways, good job, Sarah. Thank good you. Job. We hope you have the best day of your life, and Amen. we will see you tomorrow at 630 at the Lighthouse. God bless, and hang in there. Yes. Keep hope alive. Amen. Amen.